Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be back. You know, I made it a habit of coming yearly, but it's actually been uh, now a two-year gap. So Baruch Hashem, to be able to be back and to have the shiurim running, things basically back to a shul routine is something we have to be very, very thankful to Kaddish Baruch Hu for that siyata dishmaya. You know, we recently began reciting in Shon Esrei the Saint Talamotar, the timing of which is a very fascinating sugya. Why is it that we begin saying the same Talamatar when we do? And it's very surprising that there are many, many moving parts. There is a mission in Tainus and Dafiud that describes what will be the best time to do so in Eretz Yisrael. One would think that, you know, when a rain season begins, it's already appropriate. The difficulty is the following. Imagine that Sukkot has begun and you're going to be daving Takarash Baruch Hu for rain. Rain during the Antif of Sukkot is a simen klala. We do not want it to rain at that particular time. So therefore, during Sukkot, certainly not going to do so. What about immediately after Sukkot? One could think, yes, maybe that would be true, but I'll tell you a problem. That recognize scores, thousands would come to be Olaregel. And all of a sudden, they would remain in Eretz Yisrael until the end of Yantif. And now was the time to begin the trek home. You're going to daven for rain at that particular time. You know what's going to happen if it rains and the rivers and our pra starts to swell and all of a sudden the roads are out. You're not going to daven for rain at that particular time. So therefore, let's wait a couple of weeks because that was really the longest travel time of the people who went to Israel to me, Olaregel. So two weeks will pass. Everybody is safe and sound at home. Now we'll begin saying the same Talamotar. That date, two weeks after the conclusion of Sukkot, is Zion Cheshvan. That's the time in Eretz Yisrael they begin reciting the same Talamotar. The Ran, however, Dafbeis and Dafbe Harif, Mesechus Tainus, raises the following issue. That's true, Bizman Shebeis Amikdash Kayam. What about, what about Bizman Hazeh? You're going to delay to accommodate those who are being Oleregel? That really, unfortunately, is not happening in our time. And if that is the case, would you still wait those two weeks? The Ran points out something fascinating, that even after the Churban of Beis Hamikdash, but it's in our blood, no, we would spend Yantif in Eretz Yisrael, even without a Beis Hamikdash. So there were so many people that came, came to Yerushalayim for Yantif, even after the Churban Habayis. So maybe one should really delay the recitation of a Saint Talamata. Or, or maybe one would argue that no. After all, if the reason is because of Aliyah the Regel, and there is no technical mitzvah now of Aliyah the Regel, so in such a case, maybe immediately afterwards. So the Ran points out there were many Roshonim that maintained that, you know, immediately after Sukkis, it's still a Simen Klala for terrain during Sukkis. But immediately at the conclusion of Yantif Achron Shochag, that's when you should start reciting the Saint Talamotar in Eretz Yisrael. And the Rambam and the Rif disagree. Perak Beis, the Filchos The Rambam writes that no, that that was the practice for so many years, a two-week window of time, and part of our Tfila always is. No, Yibana Beis of Yamenu, and therefore we are going to date the Saint Talamatar, based on the time of Adil Regel, and therefore your Sadurim of Eretz Yisrael, Zayin Cheshven, is the time to go in and do so. And then Rama Gamliel tells us something which is very, very striking. That's true in Eretz Yisrael. What about when it comes to Bavel? 
a very different topography. Now Bavel was lowlands, and therefore they did not require that immediate, immediate rain. So they're going to start davening for rain at that particular time. That really is not the rain season that we're dependent on for our crops. So that's exactly what the Gemara tells us, that you know what? We're going to delay the recitation of the same Talamatra and Bavel for a later window of time. What is that window of time? That now rain was necessary in Bavel, so that, the Gemara tells us, is 60 days after the onset of Tekufas Tishrei. We have the autumn. 60 days afterwards, already now, the crops needed that rain. That is the time that we are going to be reciting the same Talamatar. So in Eretz Yisrael, either the very conclusion of Sukkis, or as we assume the Halacha, no, two weeks later, Zayin Cheshvan, but in Bavel, much, much later, two months after Tekufas Tishrei. That's true in Bavel. Let me ask you the following question. What about not Eretz Yisrael and not Bavel? What about everywhere else in the world? You know, I'll tell you three possibilities, all of which found in the Rishonim. Number one is as follows. If you're going to follow anyone, so follow Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, yes, Bavel had a different date, but we, we in America, we should pattern ourselves after Eretz Yisrael. That's the view of the Tshuva Sarosh and Simon Dalit. That's the view of the Meiri that he cites in Tainus and Dafyud. And therefore, we should be reciting the same Talamatar a couple of weeks after Sukkis. Another possibility is a view of the Rambam quotes in Pirish Mishnayis and Tainus and Dafyud. And that is, well, look, if bubble is different because the need for rain was different in those times, so maybe that indicates that, you know what, every area of this world Every country should determine when is it that rain is necessary, and that's when they should begin reciting the same Talamatar. Maybe just as it's different from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, it would be different in other communities throughout the world as well. And the third view, ooh, that's what we assume, Lahlocha, that's the Rambam, Perak Bezevel, that you know what? Bavel is a model for Chutzlaretz. Not a model for Eretz Yisrael, but it's a model for Chutz Laretz. So you know what we're going to do? We are going to start reciting the same Talamatar when in Bavo they recited the same Talamatar. Namely, 60 days after the onset of Tekufas Tishrei. Well, and that's when we do so. When is that date exactly? 60 days after the onset of Tekufas Tishrei. So one thing I'm going to tell you is absolutely clear. I'm not going to give you a Hebrew date. I'm not going to give you a Hebrew date. You know why? Because there's something stunning about our calendar that is not true of a civil calendar. If I ask you, our year, 365-day years, what is that corresponding to? You know what the answer is? That's a solar year, a solar year. What do our months correspond to? January, February, March, April. Why 28, 29, 30, 31? You know what the answer is? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, you know, there'll be all different types of memory triggers. How do you know that how many days are in a particular month? But you have to realize that it's a convention. It doesn't correspond to anything in reality. And, and I'll tell you something. For us, that's ludicrous. A month doesn't correspond to anything real. How can a month in the Torah's eyes be just a made-up convention and not correspond to something that's real, that's real? 
Because, you know, if I ask a guy on the street, do you feel different in February than you do in March? You know, he'll probably look at me like, why in the world should I feel differently in February than in March? But but if I ask a Jew, do you feel differently in Elul than you do in Av, than you do in Adar? He better tell me, absolutely, yes. What do you mean? That I, I feel so differently. The, the month informs the nature, the nature of the days of the week. A, a month is something that's vibrant, it's significant, it's alive, No. You know, we say at the Seder night, incredible, Yachol Rosh Chodesh, no? I would have thought you can fulfill the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim any time during the month of Nisan. After all, because the Torah tells us, Bechodesh Ha'aviv Yatsasam Mitzrayim. You didn't just leave Mitzrayim on this day, but you left Mitzrayim in this month. There's a view in Yerushalmi, Megillah, Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph, Rabbi Nassan. You can read the Megillah, any time during Purim, Rabbi Nassim Shita, because the Megillah tells us, HaChodesh Asher Nepach. This is a month of Adar. That's an appropriate, appropriate time. The month informs. When we speak about fast days throughout the year, the Pasuk in Zechariah Pereches, we speak about a fast day during the fourth month, the fifth month, the seventh month, the tenth month, the Tzon Haravi, the Tzon HaChamishi, it's fascinating. You don't find in Navi that you have to fast on a given day. You have to fast during a particular month. That's pretty incredible, no? That's what the Navi Zechariah says. You have to fast during the Chodesh of Av. Because Chodesh Av is the time of the Churban Abayis. I'll tell you a view of the Ritzvah. The Ritzvah is fine. Tainus, Nafchafav, Rosh Hashanah, Daf You know what the Ritzvah writes in those two places? That the choice of what day to fast in Av is Darabonah. But the need to fast during the month of Av, that is a Pasuk in Zechariah. That's Mitzvah Kabbalah. You, you know why that's so important? Because sometimes we have a mindset. Huh, Tisha B'Av fell out on Shabbos. So this year it's only, only an Idche, only an Idche. We're not fasting on Tisha B'Av. We're fasting now on the 10th of Av. Realize that Ritzvah, no. This is the day that we're fasting during the month of Av. That's a mitzvah midivrei Kabbalah. That's exactly what the Navi says. You have to fast during the Chodesh HaChamishi. That's the month of Av. A, a month is incredible. A month is meaningful. The Gemara suggests in Chagiga, maybe the Karbanos HaRegel can be brought any time during the month of Tishrei. Because the Pesach says, the Chodesh HaShvit So, A month. A, a month is something that informs the very character of that Zman. It, it would be impossible for us to think that, you know what a month is? A month is just arbitrary. A month is discretionary. A month is a convention. Cannot be. Months are real, that they come to life. And, and therefore, a Jewish month has to be based on something, no? And therefore, it's based on the Molad Halavana. The Halavana waxes and wanes, and that for us is the model of so what's fascinating about our calendar is that years are lunar years and month our solar years and months are lunar months and each one corresponds to something real. That background is critical because if I tell you the following, you know what? 60 days after a season begins, that's the time that you have to start reciting the Saint Talamatar. So one thing is clear. I'm not going to give you a Jewish date. Because Jewish dates are based on a lunar, a lunar system. Months, months. Seasons are based on a 
solar system. No, that's what Shmorai is. Erevin and Vav. That there are four seasons to the year. And Shmuel writes the following, that how long is each each season? A solar year, Shmuel writes, is approximately 365 and a quarter days. 365 and a quarter days. So you know what? A season is 91 days and seven and a half hours. That's a season. But a season is not going to correspond to a calendar date, a calendar date. So if I tell you when to start saying the St. Talamata, I have two possibilities. I, I can tell you, you know what, it's 60 days after the beginning of Tukufas Tishrei, but maybe that's not going to be so clear to everyone when that is. But you know what else I can tell you? The civil calendar is based on a solar year. So I can tell you a date that corresponds to the civil calendar. So that's why in... Sidurim is going to tell you that you start saying the Saint Talamata based on a date of our civil of our solar calendar, because that civil calendar is based on a, a solar year. So, for example, the Vudraham writes, or you look in the Torah and Shulchanar Kuf Zayin, You know what the Mechaber, the Beis Yosef writes. So, therefore, when do you start saying the Saint Talamata? You know what his answer is? Obviously, November twenty second is when you start saying. The Saint Talamata. That's what the Beis Yosef writes. That's in Avudraham, November twenty second, the night before that, because the day begins, of course, at night. That's when you begin saying the Saint Talamata. Well, we didn't exactly do that. No, we didn't start saying the Saint Talamata right the night before November twenty second. But that's what the Avudraham writes. That's what the Beis Yosef writes. That's the appropriate time to go ahead and to do so. So, how exactly does that work? So, I'll tell you a problem that our calendar is based on a solar system of 365 and a quarter days. A quarter days. Uh, that's clear. That also was true of the Julian calendar. The Julian calendar. But you know what? It's clear from the Gemara. It's clear from the Gemara. Way before science made any changes, that this was a rough estimate. This is a rough estimate. You take a look in Chazanish, in Arachayim, Kuflam and Chazdali. The Chazanish writes, it's absolutely clear that Shmuel knew that 365 and a quarter was rounding off, was rounding off. It really was not an exact, an exact number. That's not the exact length of a solar year. And I'll tell you something that shouldn't be a secret. When the Sanhedrin would sit and they would assess exactly when to have a leap year, they wouldn't work with Shmuel's rounding off calculation. Why should they work with an approximation? When the Gedolia Sanhedrin knew the precise length of a solar year. So the Chazanish points out there's something a little bit unusual, and that is that when the Sanhedrin would convene, and they would work out our calendar, so you know what, they work with exact calculations. But... When you're dealing with a nation as a whole, when you and I should start saying the same Talamata, or when you and I should recite, ooh, once in 28 years, Bircha Sachama, we're going to use a number that's slightly rounding off. Sometimes the Torah rounds off. Sometimes the Chachamim round off. The Chazanish writes, it's obvious. The Chachamim rounded off in order to go ahead and to tell us when to begin the same Talamata. 
And that grounding meant let's treat a solar year as 365 and a quarter days. That's what the entire world did until the end of the 16th century. In 1582, all of a sudden, the civil world realized that, you know, we're off a little bit. We're off because there was rounding. There was rounding. And how long is a solar year? A solar year really is not quite 365 and a quarter days. But you know what? That's rounding up 11 minutes. It's 11 minutes off. But, you know, 11 minutes over the course of decades and centuries kind of adds up. I often tell my Balabatim, can you imagine coming late to davening, like 11 minutes late to davening, or leaving davening 11 minutes early? You'd never think of that, no? Like, uh, you're going to come, uh, imagine if that's like a pattern, you know, things add up, add up. Over time, 11 minutes can accrue, it can really accumulate, it can accumulate. And the civil world realized in 1582 that this rounding off really accumulated. And you know what? They were off with their solar years. So you know what they did? Unusual. Now imagine this what you've done today. A clap on a stender. And you know what happened? October 5th became October 15th. They just added like one line. No, October 5th became, they jumped 10 days. They jumped 10 days in that year. Oh, so guess what? If you're going to jump 10 days, the Beisio saves November... 22nd is now going to be December 2nd. We're a little closer. We're a little closer. We're still kind of off, but we're a little closer than we were. You know, November 22nd sounded like a little beyond. Okay, good. Now we're up to December December 2nd. So I'll just tell you a, a secret about the solar civil calendar. They're adding those days. Help from Afreya. It allowed them to catch up. But it wasn't going to solve any problem going forward because they would still be off. So, Chachma, Chachma, in establishing the Gregorian calendar, they wanted to see to it that we won't have to keep on doing this, adding days. So let's kind of work this out that you don't have to add. So we're off 11 minutes. They realize they're off 11 minutes. Chazanish writes, Chazal knew they were off 11 minutes. They realize they're off 11 minutes. Uh, 11 minutes over the course of 400 years really can amass to a large amount. That means you're three days off. So our secular calendar realizes that every 400 years, you have to make an adjustment of, of three days. So how do you do that? How do you do that? So this is just a fact of our secular calendar, which is, which is a chachma. You know what? Every four years is a leap year. But we're going to make certain exceptions. When you have a century year, a century year, 1700, 1800, 1900, that should be a leap year. We're not going to make that a leap year. We're going to make that a regular, uh, a regular time. If they would do that all the time, you're going to overcompensate. Because in the spirit of 400 years, you're going to have four different 1600, 17, 18. So you know what they're going to do? And this is our calendar. If the century year is divisible by 400, that's going to be a leap year. That's our American calendar. Just realize that's our American calendar. You know, it wasn't so long ago, I guess. No, the year 2000. 2000 was a leap year. 
So I guess everybody thought, well, of course, 2000 is a leap year. No, of course. 1996 was a leap year. 2000 leap year. Realize that was an exception to an exception. That was a very great Kiddush that 2000 was a leap year. We were so worried about it with the Y2K, we didn't even think about that. No, but that was, that was like stunning that the year 2000 was a leap year. Because it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been a leap year. Because after all that, it's a century year. No, but a century year that's divisible by 400. Guess what becomes a leap year? And that's the real Chachma. That's our American calendar. That in every 400 years, we're going to adjust for three, for three days. So if you look at the old Sidurim, just you see something amazing, but it's worth appreciating. So you look in the Sidurim of the Beis Yosef that lived when the world was using the Julian calendar. So it said, you start saying the same Talamatar on November 22nd. All of a sudden now, 1582, ooh, you start saying the same Talamatar on December 2nd. That's what it said in the Sidurim at that time, on December 2nd. You get to the year 1600, no adjustment. Because 1600, they allowed that to be a leap year. But 1700, guess what? The Sidurim then said, start saying the same Talamatar, December 3rd. 1800, December 4th. 1900, ooh, December 5th. December 5th, 2000. No, 2000, the secular world, allowed to be leap year. No adjustment. And that's why in our Siddurim, since the 1900, says, start saying the same Talamata the night before, December 5th. And if you happen to be working on a sitter for 2100, you know, what's going to happen 80 years from now, right? So make sure you adjust your sitter now. Mashiach, it's like, no, but if you're writing your sitter right now, right, and start saying the same Talamata the night before, December 6th, December 6th. That's the factor. That, that, that's pretty stunning, no? What, what the world kind of recognized in the 16th century, Chazal knew all along. Chazal knew all of this. But when it came to the same Talamata, when it came to Bircha Sachama, what does Bircha Sachama mean? You know, we're going to acknowledge that the sun is positioned the same way that it was during the time of Bria Shamayim Varez. That phenomenon is only true if you're rounding off. Because if you're dealing with 365 and a quarter, you know, a quarter over the period of 28 years will get you back to your starting point. Okay, so our whole institution of Bircha Sachama is based with the Chazanish rites and that notion. But Chazal knew that that was, that was rounding. And the clear indicator that was true is that when Chazal decided how many leap years to add to our Jewish calendar, Seven in the period of 19 years, that was an incredibly precise calculation accounting for that 11-minute shift, even before the world right, tried to accommodate for that, uh, for that discrepancy. I've always found that just knowing and studying our Luach is inspirational. It's inspirational. You, know, you see how meticulous Chazal were, and how they realized that you know, if the Sanhedrin is making these calculations, we're going to be unbelievably exact. But, you know, if these calculations are going to be that which the entire Jewish people are relying on for their davening, we're going to round in order to make these numbers as user-friendly, as user-friendly as possible. And hence, that's our date of starting the same Talamatar. You know, I'll tell you something fascinating in Lambdas. Whenever we have an addition in Shmon Esri, or, or all of a sudden we shift, it's Rosh Chodesh. We have an addition of Galavi Right, the Gemara and the Sukkah, Daf Memvav. 
you know, the Pasuk tells us, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, the drush of the Gemara, Kol Yom V'Yom Teino Me'ein Birchos of Shoyom. Every day should reflect the status of the day. I'm not going to dive in the same Shemonesra on a Shabbos or on a Yontif, where the mirror writes on, on Rosh Chodesh. Chodesh is fascinating. So therefore, I'm going to recite Yala V'Yavo. I'll ask you an interesting question. You know, it's Rosh Chodesh, and I have to add Yala V'Yavo to my Shemonesra. I forgot to do so. You have to go back. You have to repeat the Shemonesra. If it's Shachers, if it's Mincha, true, not when it comes to Mari. Not when it comes to Mari. Shachar, Smincha, you have to repeat. Why do I have to do so exactly? I'll tell you two possibilities, which is fascinating. Mahalacha, Machlokis, between Tosos and Brachos, against the Rif, the Chachmi Provence. Is it because if I fail to recite, for example, Yalav Yavo and Rosh Chodesh, I wasn't Yosei Shmon Esrei? I wasn't Yosei, the Shmon Esrei. Imagine I'm davening, and all of a sudden I look back and I see, you know what? A page is ripped out of my sitter, and I just missed four brachos. You know what? It's as though you didn't daven. You have to daven again. Or could I argue the following? Look, I understand. I missed four brachos. I have to daven again. I wasn't Yosei, the mitzvah of Shmon Esrei. But here I davened a Shmon Esrei of integrity. I davened 19 brachos. I just missed the Azkara, the pronouncement that today is Rosh Chodesh, Yalav Yavo. Am I Yotzei Shmon Or am I not Yotzei Shmon Well, you have to repeat, but why do I have to repeat? Do I have to repeat because I'm starting from scratch? It's as though I didn't daven. Or do I have to repeat because, look, I have to mention that it is Rosh Chodesh, and I failed to mention it's Rosh Chodesh. You'll ask me, is there really any difference whether I have to repeat because I didn't daven, or whether I did daven, but, yeah, Tosus raises the following. It's Mincha and Rosh Chodesh, and I forgot to say Yalav Yavo, and I don't realize my mistake until tonight, and tonight is no longer Rosh Chodesh. That's Tosus's question. Tonight is no longer Rosh Chodesh. If I'm going to daven again, you know what? I'm going to recite Shmon Esrei without Yalavi. I can't recite Yalavi now. It is not Rosh Chodesh. So if I'm going to go ahead and daven again, davening again means Shmon Esrei without Yalavi But that's exactly what I did. I daven Shmon Esrei without Yalavi So you know what Tosus writes? Don't daven again. Tosus says, Lo Yarviach Klum. The reason to daven again is because it's an opportunity to make up that which you missed. If you're not making up that which you missed, why would you go ahead and daven again? So Tosas writes, don't daven again. And the Rush disagrees. The Rush writes, you weren't Yodzei Shmon You weren't Yodzei Tfilas Mincha. So regardless of whether you're going to be reciting Yalav Yavo in the additional Shmon you have to daven again. For the Yalav Yavo? No, for the Shmon That's a pretty fascinating Machlokas. How do we assume Halacha? The Shulchanach writes in Simon Kuvches. Daven again, because the Rush writes yes, but have in mind a Tfilas Nadava. That maybe your only Daven again is an optional, an optional Tfilah. And you know what we assume in Simon Kuvches? Let's assume this would be on Shabbos. Friday is Rosh Chodesh. And I forgot to recite Yalav Yavo Friday Mincha. I don't realize my mistake until tonight, which is Shabbos. I'm not going to make up the Yalavil that I missed. But on Shabbos, the Rabbi writes, you're not allowed to daven an optional tefillas nadava. Because you're not allowed to go ahead and to offer a carbon nadava on Shabbos. You're not allowed to daven a tefillas nadava on Shabbos. And, and therefore, we assume, 
Don't make that up. That's a pretty fascinating machlokas when it comes to Yalav Yavo. I'll give you an interesting question. You know, it's uh, it's the Seder night. I'm eating matzah. You know, I remember learning the sugyas from Safmid Akumches that you're supposed to eat matzah while you're reclining. Heseba, heseba. But, you know, I'm not sure whether if you eat matzah without heseba, you have to eat another kazayisa matzah again. I, I remember seeing, you know, that the Rambam writes, you don't have to do so, and the Rush writes, you do have to do so. Tulsa says a suffix about this. It's like a kind of heavy issue. But I'm not quite sure, like, bottom line, when it happens, like, what to do. So, you know, I have like an ace up my sleeve. No, I live next door to, to, to my Rebbe, no? <laughs> I go next door and ask my Rebbe. And Rebbe tells me the following, yeah, we have some shulchanach. Like the view of the rush that you have to eat a kazai sabat second with Haseba, but in the presence of your Rebbe, you don't do Haseba. You don't do Haseba now. So do I have to eat a kazai samatsa without Haseba because I ate a kazai samatsa without Haseba? Or do you say, what do you mean that when you ate a kazai samatsa Haseba, you were not in the presence of your Rebbe? You were supposed to. And maybe yes. It's similar a little bit to that issue of whether yarvia for lo yarvia klum. Do you ever have to go ahead and go back for something that you're not going to make up? So I'll tell you a fascinating machlokis, a machlokis of Reb Chaim Brisker against Reb Sipay Safrank. I think um, during the course of Shabbos I'll have uh, a chance to speak about the legacy of my great-grandfather, Reb Sipay Safrank. But then he discusses, Reb Chaim Simen Nundalid, a person, mincha, mincha, uh, tomorrow, you're davening mincha, and you forget to say the same talamata. And you don't realize your mistake until tomorrow night in it's Shabbos. And guess what? I'm going to dive another Shmon In the Shabbos Shmon there is no, there is no the same talamata. Do you have to go back or do you assume not? I have to go back because I wasn't Yotzi Shmon Or do I argue, no, I have to go back to mention the same Talamatra. But you know what? This is not going to happen. Because I'm davening a Shabbos, a Shabbos Shmon Esrei. Brisker assumed you have to daven again. If you forget to say the same Talamatra, you're not Yotzi the Shmon We assume Lahalacha generally, like Ratzipe Safrank. That's not true. That's not true. Let's assume, for example, a person was davening tonight. And he didn't say the same Talamatra, but I caught my mistake. I caught my mistake in Shema Kaleinu. Ooh, Simen Kofiud Zayin. You know what? You can add in Shema Kaleinu the same Talamatra. You and I recently came back from Eretz Yisrael. Before we started saying, we mentioned the difference between America and Eretz Yisrael. There they were saying the same Talamatra. No, we were not yet saying the same Talamatra. Not so easy. I would recommend, you know what to do? Say it in Shema Kaleinu. And therefore, your Yod say both possibilities, because Meshavur has a suffix that he's not resolving, he's not machria, regarding this issue, traveling back and forth. In Israel they began, but we do not yet begin. So you know what? Say it in Shema Kaleinu, because you can say the same brach in the Birch HaSashanim, the same Talamata, but Frank the fact that you have a right to make it up later in Shema Kaleinu, isn't that an indicator that it's not really an inherent part of the bracha birchas hashanim, but rather it's an askara. You have to mention the same talamatar. But you know what? If you don't mention it here, you can mention later. You can mention it there. And therefore, Tzipes of Frank writes, that's an indicator that it must be that you're Yotzei Shmanes, right? And the only time to go ahead and daven again is if you're going to make up the fact that you didn't do so, 
And if that can't happen, because he didn't do so tomorrow afternoon, but tomorrow night is Shabbos, so in such a case then, let it be. Don't have another Shmonestri, and that's typically what indeed we assume. We assume Lalacha. There are many other such cases, but it's a pretty fascinating, fascinating lambdas of the role of the Saint Talamat when it comes to Shmonestri. But I would suggest it's part of a broader a broader approach. It's always fascinating to learn these sugyas of how indeed Nechazal dealt with issues of the calendar, the foundations of Shabbos and Yantif and the requisite dates because it's something which is incredibly, incredibly inspirational. When you go through the details of simply that question, when in Eretz Yisrael, when in Bavel, when throughout the world, what about when we begin saying the same Talamata? It's not something to gloss over. It's something which can enrich our Vodas Hashem to realize not only the brilliance of Chazal, but the magnificence of our Mesorah and the intricacy, the detail, the exquisite precision with the Nusachat Fila and the care that it requires in order to reach out to Kadesh Baruch Nuidavan. Earnestly, understanding with our mind and expressing through our heart not only the obligation of davening, but the privilege, the privilege of the koach hatvila. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 We're going to daven Marv in one minute here. <laughs> <laughs>